0: Welcome to the funnel. This is Shannon Keneally. I'm the content writer at Blue Acorn ICI. Each episode we interview e-commerce experts to discuss the latest trends and topics that matter the most to brand and retail professionals. Today we have a guest co-host with us, Carrie Lockhart. Hey
1: Carrie. Hey Shannon. Hi everyone, my name is Carrie Lockhart. I'm a client success manager here at Blue Acorn and I exclusively work with clients on the Magento platform, so I'm excited to see what happens at Imagine this year and what comes
0: out of the conference. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And today our speaker is Kevin Eichelberger, co-CEO and founder of Blue Acorn ICI. Hey, Kevin. Hello,
2: everybody. Usually I'm the one interviewing the experts, not being up here as the expert, but I'll do my best.
0: <laughs> Thanks for joining us. So today we're talking about Imagine... Kevin's been to every single Imagine event, right? I have, since it's yes, since the conference. first
2: one in Los Angeles out of the Magento headquarters. Awesome.
0: Was it been nine years since it started this year, or eight, eight years? I'm
2: terrible at remembering <laughs> dates and years, but I believe the first one was in 2011, awesome. so I don't know if that makes this eight or nine, but yeah. you lose count over the years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so over the years, how have you seen it evolve, especially with the Adobe acquisition
2: uh Magento Imagine itself has evolved in a lot of ways. If if you've been to as many as I have, you've seen the energy levels change, you've seen the theme change, you've seen the leadership change, and each one of them presents something unique. And I would say the most exciting times were in the early days where it was kind of the Wild West, and then as Magento became part of eBay. Uh, the vibe of Magento Imagine changed under eBay, and eBay even had its own event called uh, Innovate and uh, was a very different atmosphere. It was actually a lot of fun at Innovate, but uh, and then when Magento spun off out of eBay under private equity, what I noticed was a certain energy level brought back to the company and a certain... Level of of just energy within the room. At Imagine not just with Magento employees, but with the attendees and the ecosystem, and that trend I've seen continue to increase uh, since its departure from eBay. So there are there are definitely some Magento imagines that stick out of my mind, and there are some that stick out of my mind as ones that were really. I walked out of that coming back to Charleston, like super pumped. And there are some, I walked back to Charleston, like what's going on?
0: (laughs) That's definitely one thing I've I've never been to Imagine personally, but everyone always says how the Magento community is really unlike any other in the e-commerce ecosystem. It's just really passionate, really into the events.
2: For sure. And I think that's what's made Magento itself so special, but also Magento Imagine and so unique. Yeah, I remember a day before Magento existed, and uh, Magento really changed the landscape of e-commerce platforms, and introducing an open source model invited this development community uh, around it, unlike any other platform before it. And you've seen other platforms try to mimic that same sense of community, but nothing has come close to what Magento has created and fostered in that community, and You know, when we started in the Magento ecosystem, it was a three-person company. Uh, We were. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our roots are within the Magento community and where we grew up and the the neighborhood we grew up in and the people that were our neighbors. Those are still the same people that we talk to today in the ecosystem, the same people that we co-sponsor, pre imagine with the same people that, uh, that we've associated with. I went actually back to a blog article that I wrote coming off of the first Magento Imagine. And I in that article, I listed out the people that I finally got to meet that I had networked with on Twitter and social media. And a lot of those people, those that are still exist within the Magento ecosystem, some have moved on to others. Uh, those are the same people that we talk to today. It's amazing.
0: How do you think, Adobe will change Imagine this year?
2: I don't know if Adobe will change Imagine so much this year. Uh, I believe Imagine will be very consistent with years past in terms of the overall uh, vibe and uh, activities that they do. I believe content will shift more towards education about the Adobe solution set and educating the Magento ecosystem about what Adobe uh, can bring to the table. So I'd imagine that will be a big part of the focus. Uh, But I don't anticipate Imagine itself changing dramatically this year.
1: Uh, Where do you feel like a lot of the momentum and excitement at the Imagine Conference, like with everything that's, you say some years you've left feeling super energized, and then other years, you know, perhaps have been a little more, um, you know, where are we headed next? So I'm curious as to your thoughts about where the big momentum is coming from and kind of what's new on the horizon that you feel Adobe and Magento are moving towards as a focus for the conference this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, the overall synopsis that and the thesis around why Adobe and Magento makes sense is how to create customer experiences that win. And uh, ironically enough, I'll be presenting at Magento Imagine and the topic will be around experience-driven commerce. And the need for brands to take ownership of those experiences and how to create the best customer experiences. Because ultimately, what we're finding is that it is the number one driver of a brand success. And if you think about that customer experience and the personalization aspect of it, the data-driven nature of it, the need to surface the right content at the right time to the right people... Uh, those are capabilities that Adobe brings to the table. And when you combine that with Magento, what you have is the solution to deliver on uh, how to create incredible customer experiences. And I imagine that theme uh, shining through and I imagine the energy level coming out of this will will open a lot of people's eyes to that opportunity. Uh, I know we see it uh, given that we have both a very strong magento practice and a very strong adobe practice like we see we've seen that before the acquisition happened and and anticipated that being the case but i think it'll open up the community to just what is possible when you take these two powerhouses and put them together because uh, i think in looking at it just from the lens of the magento ecosystem it's a very technology very commerce focused uh perspective And I think this is a broader perspective that really gets to the heart of what is going to um, make a difference when it comes to customer purchasing behavior, whether that's B2B or B2C.
1: Cool. So I know in the past couple of years as well, B2B has been with the new B2B functionality and kind of exploring how uh, big B2B companies can utilize Magento more effectively for their business as well. Uh, You just alluded to it, but do you see the new Adobe acquisition and all of that enhanced uh, customer experience being equally viable for those big B2B consumers on the platform?
2: Absolutely. I mean, when organizations that are trying to engage in B2B commerce, in most cases, they're still rather new to it. In a crawl, walk, run model, they're still in the crawling stage. And many of them are doing it either for the first time or they're still pretty nascent in it. And what we have heard from that community is that their need is to drive personalized experiences, even for B2B, to drive consumer-like experiences, even for B2B. How their business customers purchase is very akin to how a consumer would purchase on a B2C site. So. All those capabilities, even you think about B2B, the questions you think about are how do we drive more revenue, not from an individual consumer, but from this business? And what type of information would this business need in order to drive more repeat purchases, to drive better education and tools so that they can sell more in their stores? Mm -hmm. And all of that is possible when you're able to understand what they've purchased in the past, what purchasing behavior do they have, what are opportunities to cross-sell into those uh, businesses, where have you seen success with other like businesses that they have sold certain products very well in their stores, but this particular business has not purchased that product from us in the past. Those are all opportunities exposed when you put the technologies together that understand the customer data, understand personalization, and can use AI uh, to drive personalization and opportunities for merchandising. Uh, That's what we're hearing in the marketplace is how to make B2B successful. Because if you're just replacing a person on a phone taking an order with a system that takes an order, that's very transactional in nature. But there's opportunities to actually improve upon the, the end B2B customer experience, not just replace it with a computer.
0: Right, right. I mean, at the end of the day, B two B customers are still customers. They're still people, and their expectations are still heightening. And as they're shopping with B two C companies, they have those expectations met. But then they go to B two B companies for their job or whatever, and they're not; those expectations are not being met there. So, like you're saying, there's a lot of opportunity there.
2: Yeah, we talk a lot about in the B two C context how customer experience drives customer behavior and therefore defines who wins or loses. But to your point, Jan, and those same people are the people that buy from other businesses. They have jobs where they work at a company and oftentimes purchase from another business. Those people are still subject to the same bias. They're still subject to the same uh, emotional connection to a company that gives them a great experience versus just delivers a product. And we're finding increasingly in the B2B realm that that is an influencer uh, more than just uh, you know th- the company with the product that has it available at the right price it's available.
1: Do you feel that uh, a lot of the focus this year or more focus this year will be on um, outside of just the platform and customer experience and interaction online at the time of purchase, shifting into pre and post purchase points along that customer journey and kind of how companies can better tie all of those, elements of the customer journey together in a more effective way.
2: Absolutely. The Adobe Experience Cloud covers multiple touch points across the buyer journey. And it's not just the on-site experience. And I think for many of us in the Magento ecosystem, our primary focus has been for quite some time the on-site customer experience. Mm -hmm. And opening again to a broader view of, of how customer experience uh, is enacted through the different touch points in a journey, we historically, uh, generalizing for our community, have uh, focused on one touch point in a much broader journey. And uh, the, what we have seen, the, the, the need for these touch points to be consistent, the fact that they affect each other, the fact that they are intertwined with each other, it's really difficult to look at the customer experience from just one angle or just one point on that map. And the need increases for all of us to think about that more holistically, about how does this point in the map affect this point in the map, affect this point in the map, and how do these things talk to each other so we know when a customer is moving through that journey and moving in different touch points, how their uh, journey ultimately uh, ends up reflecting that customer experience of the company.
0: Adobe will obviously be a hot topic this year, I imagine. What other things do you think will be a big buzz, or do you have any predictions on what you think Magento will announce this year?
2: Well, I don't know what else they're going to announce this year. I believe that at the Adobe Summit, they announced uh, the Adobe Commerce product, which I believe will be... Uh, The new thing for everybody at Magento Imagine to learn about. And realistically, Magento's product generally wins in a broad segment of the market, in particular in the mid-market space. And Adobe's product tends to be more upmarket. And I think what everyone's looking to walk away with from this conference is going to be how does the Adobe solution set move downmarket and how does the Magento product move more upmarket. And those create more opportunities collectively for both businesses that I I would anticipate a lot of people are really anxious to learn about. I would also anticipate the development community being very uh, interested in learning about Adobe's plans with, uh, you know, the Magento open source product and where the community driven initiatives uh, come from. I know there was a lot of concern at the time of acquisition. You know, what is Adobe's take on open source? What is their... Uh, What is their view and philosophy around how the development community can remain engaged and what happens to the open source product? Uh, I believe they've addressed that rather adequately uh, through a lot of the communications that I've seen, but I still think there's some, uh, this is the first time everybody will be together in a room to really grasp the impact of that and ask a lot of questions and get a lot of answers. So I'd anticipate a lot of uh, information around the development community uh, I'm particularly interested in, in seeing some information about the progressive web apps that uh, that is coming out and how that affects how we uh, implement uh, Magento for our clients. So uh, I think that's one of the technologies specific to Magento that everyone's very interested in.
0: Is there one thing every year that you look forward to, an event or anything?
2: Uh, well, over the years, there there happens to be cases of rather odd things happening. That's what what th-
1: Let's what? hear about yeah. some of the odd <laughs> things happening. So
2: <laughs> I don't remember which year it was, but at one point some people jumped into the pool like fully clothed with all their stuff on at, at, at a night like um, networking event, which was kind of funny. And then one year, um, oh God, I think the guy's name is Kyle, uh, got, 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 <laughs> got, a, got <laughs> yeah. a magento tattoo. And this oh, was wow. when Magento Imagine was at the Hard Rock Cafe, and he went to the tattoo parlor that was in the Hard Rock Cafe casino and literally got a Magento tattoo on his body.
0: Man, Wow, <laughs> that's, that's real dedication and passion right there. Yeah, uh, there
2: was a year that, uh, that I remember distinctly James Horn from Balance uh, breaking out into incredible dance moves by himself on a dance floor in front of the pool, and everyone just kind of stood there watching him like in amazement. Uh, if you know James, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll know the story. But those are all, there's always like some one-off really funny event that happens that that's, uh, I generally look forward to. But I would say, you know, going to lots of different conferences and events. Uh, you know, Magento Imagine holds a special place in my heart because it's always been such a community-focused event and seeing everybody come together. And it's so international. Like unlike a lot of other events that you might go to that are based in the U.S., there are so many people from so many different countries and continents coming together for the same thing, and just hearing the innovation that comes out of different places. I always I'm always amazed by what the Germans are doing with Magento. Like yeah. <laughs> whatever reason, I, I you know there's a couple people that I talk to and just hearing what they're doing and it's just holy cow like it's so advanced what's coming yeah, out of these places.
1: I can't remember which airport in Germany, but I feel like maybe two years ago, they had used Magento to seamlessly connect every aspect from when the customer walked in the door and you could use your phone to order something in duty-free. And by the time you went through security, someone was there waiting for you, knew your name, handed you your item. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was kind of this crazy use case that they talked about that looked, I mean, it blew my mind because I didn't know that you could utilize Magento at that granular of a customer touchpoint level. Um, so that was, yeah, really interesting. But yeah, the Germans... For example, coming out of Germany, I
2: think it was, and I'll be on the record in saying this on the audio, so I hope I get it right, but I, I believe it was AOE uh, medio that created that and awesome, amazing implementation of Magento and such a unique use case and just demonstrating the power of what it's capable of because it's not an everyday use case. And, uh, you know, I think they really took the technology... And uh, did a wonderful job uh, in creating this customer experience that um, I think, I don't know the results of how well it worked, but it sounded amazing.
1: Yeah. On that note, in previous Imagine uh, conferences that you've attended, has there been shining examples or kind of use cases or discussions where you've kind of walked away with your mind blown in terms of the capabilities that someone displayed using Magento or just... Anything really, uh, you know, outside the box that you kind of thought, wow, that's an interesting way to use Magento? Yeah, I mean,
2: there was a great user experience created for Le Creuset, and great (laughs) use of customer data and insights from Signature Hardware, and, you know, Reed and Barton with the most innovative, I mean, these were all great, I'm I'm sorry, I'm (laughs) tooting around home for a second, but, uh, yeah, I think one of the most exciting things and most valuable things for people to take away from going to imagine is to talk to other uh, brands, retailers, people using the platform as well as other, uh, you know, SIs and developers and just seeing what they're doing with the platform because there's something unique every single year that is inspirational and kind of makes you think about how else can we leverage this framework? You know, what use cases can we think about that are unique for our clients as opportunities that might not fall within some you Know predefined box, and uh, so I, I can't point to anything specifically off the top of my head. But sure. every year, you walk out of there with stories or examples of wow, that was pretty amazing what someone did. And uh, we've had, we had a few, I, I guess yeah,
0: that's what um, Kevin Kryzan here said. He's a project lead, just like other Kevin. Oh, yeah, Kevin K, uh, other Kevin, other, other Kevin. <laughs> but um, he's a <laughs> Yeah, lead project manager here at Blue Acorn ICI, and that's one thing he told me: it's it's not just attending the sessions, but it's literally like people you bump into getting coffee or that two a.m. beer you have with someone is where you really pick up those like interesting stories and use cases. And so that was interesting. Yeah, like two a.m. beers typically (laughs) lead to interesting stories. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
2: there's plenty of those that go around, but you know, I think it's one place where you know community of people that by and large are competitors in many in many cases, come together and share war stories and uh, come together as a community and, and put down their guard for a few days in terms of, of who's competing with who and recognizing that we're all kind of fighting the same battles, we're all in this together, we're all trying to accomplish the same things, and there's opportunities to help each other. And I found that the community, surprisingly to me, in the first couple years I went, how How open the community is how friendly everybody is and knowing that in the back of my mind like I'm gonna go back home and tomorrow I'm gonna deal against someone else and we're gonna be competing Mm -hmm. head-to-head and I've I've always found that refreshing because I love engaging with our competitors and our peers and um, you know having you know sharing sharing stories and and information we all we all have
0: for any first-time attendees how can they make the most of their time and imagine
2: I would definitely recommend starting with the Pre-Imagine function, which is on Sunday evening. Uh, we've uh, helped organize this event from the very first one, and the group of of people that put this together. Uh, this is a no sales pitch, no uh, marketing angle event. This is strictly a an event put on just for the community, for the sake of it, for the sake of people coming together and exchanging ideas and just catching up with each other meeting new people uh, so pre-imagined i would say is the best place to start because before the conference begins if you don't know anybody there if you don't already have that network built up you're going to meet a lot of people at uh at the pre-imagined event uh, i know there's also if you're into running there's a, a big damn run uh that's put on by brent peterson there's a i believe there's like a a yoga session or something in the morning. <laughs> there are things to do, so I'd recommend getting there on Sunday, taking advantage of some of those events, although I don't know what day the run is. Definitely take advantage of the lead-up events into it. Uh there is tons of parties. I mean the the legendary party they have every year. Uh is a lot of fun, but it's also pretty dangerous if you start your partying too early in the evening, so I would definitely recommend people to to pace themselves and
1: lots of water. Yeah, just because <laughs> yes. you're in
2: Vegas doesn't mean you should act like you're in Vegas on you know with a bunch of your friends. So uh, there's plenty of embarrassing moments uh, from, from numerous people um, that they probably wish didn't happen. But uh, you know it's a lot of fun. The community is very open, so I would not be shy. Talk to people. No one's. Uh, I haven't met many people in that in ecosystem that have been disrespectful or standoffish or anything of that nature everyone's been really open and welcome so uh, take advantage of of the people that are there ask a lot of questions learn
0: before we wrap up is there um, anything else you'd like to mention
2: well (laughs) someone is speaking on tuesday may 14th at 11 15 a.m on on the experience driven commerce with adobe and magento and you know i actually just put out a, a linkedin post a few minutes ago before this and i was looking back at the Presentations I've done at Magento Imagine, and I, I've counted this will be the ninth one. That the ninth time I'm presenting at Magento Imagine, um, so I'm anticipating this one being really rock solid, or maybe the first one worth going to. Maybe eight of them were really bad, and this is finally the good one. That's eight practice sessions to get to the meet. Uh, but uh, I'm really anxious, looking forward to it again. Kind of riding on this whole theme of customer experience. You know, Gartner published. Um, some information not that long ago that indicated that 89% of companies believe that their success or failure is driven by customer experience as the primary factor. The number one reason that a brand will win or lose is customer experience. It's not how good the product is. It's not how great they are at marketing it. It's not what the price point of the product is. It is what is my customer's experience with this product. I believe it. Yeah, and uh, that shift has changed dramatically in the last 10 years. If you ask brands that question 10 years ago, it was 36%. And I think the biggest thing for everyone to walk into this conference asking themselves, what am I doing to deliver a superior customer experience? And what what not only just we have seen, what I have seen through other research is that most people overestimate how good they are at customer experience. And I challenge everyone to really think hard about what is their customer experience and what are you doing about it? How are you making it better? How are you incrementally improving it? Uh, There are so many technologies and tools and opportunities to make that customer experience better. Whatever it is today, even if you think it's fantastic, there is always an opportunity to improve that customer experience. I think everyone should go into this conference thinking about, how do I make my customer experience better and walk out with specific action items to do?
1: Yeah, definitely a great way to set your brand apart and use customer experience as a way to get ahead of the pack, for sure. Because I agree with you, I think, despite the product or the price point, if you have a really, really amazing experience throughout the process, whether it's customer service or returns or transparency into you know what's happening with your order, just all of those little things build a lot of uh, consumer trust, which is really key if you want to stand out. So
0: Exactly. And again, that session is May 14th at 11.15 a.m. Pacific time. But thanks, Kevin, for joining us. And thanks, Carrie, for joining us as well. Blue Acorn, ICI I will have a booth at Imagine. It's booth 122. So come by, say hi, ask us about our AEM and Magento demo. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. And thanks, guys, for joining us. Until Thank next you. time. Thanks, Thanks. Gary.
2: Thanks, Shannon.